everybody, it's Erin. And Meg. And welcome back to this special episode. I mean, it's not really special. Well, every episode is special with you. <laughs> Cute. But welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. We are really excited. We're coming at you from uh, Friday, right? Today's Friday? Yes. Yeah, we Friday. just got out of work. Well, Meg just got out of work, but we've had quite the long week in the, I was going to say in America, in, in, but in, in this, the world. In this hood in this that tri- we call Earth. In this trying time. Yes. So we just wanted to obviously bring an episode for you guys. I'm on like a podcast. I didn't even tell you this, but I'm on like a Facebook group for other people that have podcasts. I think it's just only like women that have podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's like she podcasts. Oh, if you guys yeah. know anything about that. But it was so sad because everybody was like posting in the group and they were like, I don't even know if I should record a podcast this week. Like, will people listen? And people were commenting and they were like, in these times that obviously you need to be like really aware of yourself and like your surroundings, but you also need to relax too and get your mind off stuff. And I don't know about you, but I definitely relax. I don't know, just like occupy myself by listening to podcasts. Yeah, just like welcome distractions in your life because I think everyone's a little anxious. Everyone's a little on edge. And anything you can do to just kind of, you know, take your mind off of it for a little while, I think that helps. So we're coming at you with 10 new conspiracy theories because apparently you guys really liked our conspiracy theories video. Yeah, we've up, I think we're- Video, oh my god, podcast. (laughs) But like we've uploaded like a, I don't even know the number anymore. It has to be like at least 15. Not, it can't can't be, it can't be like 20, but it has to be like at least 15 and our conspiracies- theory podcast was in the top three so we thought that was really exciting and i don't know we wanted to bring a really light topic this week something that would take your mind off of things but also just like keep you really entertained yeah and um right now i am a little under the weather but yeah i just kind of have a stuffy nose a sore throat so if i sound weird that's why it's the season no i was gonna say it's literally cold season so like obviously you're gonna like get up like I mean, I literally had a cold, like, a few days ago, uh-huh. and I was, like, right when the coronavirus news was coming, and I was like, oh my god, no, this is gonna be so awful, like, I had coronavirus, like, this is so scary, but, like, you have to remember that also, like, if you have a runny nose, you don't have it. Yeah, I think this is definitely more of just, like, a common cold kind no, of thing. No, because, like, you would literally be, like, shaking, oh, no, like, know. have a fever, I don't know, but... they were just giving, like, a lot of tips that, like, if you can't take a deep breath and hold your breath for 10 seconds then Mm -hmm. you have it but also just like a really quick tip before we get into the episode obviously wash your hands stay as far away from people as you obviously can clearly i mean meg has a cold right now but we're both healthy people but we're definitely practicing social distancing we literally made a google doc of all the shows and like movies we want to watch and we've been stocking up on food and all of like different medicines and things obviously pay attention to the World Health like organization and the CDC because we do have listeners that are not in the country and so our hearts really go out to those in Iran and in Italy because they're Honestly, really Europe. going through it. Yeah. yeah, just Europe as a whole. They're really going through it right now and I know we are 10 days behind it. I just watched Trump's press conference before this and he did make a, a few troubling remarks. He did declare a national like emergency, but he did make a few troubling remarks about how he thinks that this is going to blow over when every doctor has said otherwise i don't really trust like doctors too much just because they're kind of treating this is just a novel virus they're just kind of treating as they're going they don't really know what's going on i think if you're gonna listen to anyone um probably listen to scientists and like researchers because they're the ones that are sort of pioneering this and figuring it out and studying it every day uh, so if you can listen to that 
try to tune out a lot of the media stuff because honestly, a lot of it is yeah. misinformation too. Like honestly, I deleted Insta. I mean, like I deleted Twitter and Snapchat, and like I still have Instagram because like we post with the podcast. But like for the most part, I really don't go on it anymore because like you really know all that you have to know just to stay away from people and to like keep your hands clean. Like I literally bleached my apartment. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Just practice good hygiene. And you don't need to just keep like worrying yourself. Obviously, it's important to stay up to date on current events, but like. It's like to some extent, like we were at work today and we were just getting so anxious, but like there's only like a few people coming into work and stuff. Like you really can't get your head all wrapped up in all of that. Yeah, you just kind of have to live your life, but just be more cautious. Yeah, that's it. And that's really as much as you can do. Of course, like like we said, in other countries, it is a lot worse. And I know it's just going to get worse before it gets better. But like they always say, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. So it's always mm-hmm. good to be prepared for the worst. And if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. But there's a good chance that it might. So don't get yourself all like stressed out about it. But just expecting that the worst could happen. But I don't know. Just hoping for the best. Yep. And, you know, we'll probably still be around to pick up the pieces afterwards. Yeah. But I think this is a good, not sort of lesson, but I guess lesson mm-hmm. for like everybody to like practice good hygiene and like be aware of your surroundings and who you're interacting with and yeah to just be more cautious in general yeah it's definitely like a good reminder too to like also like obviously the idea of quarantine is like really scary but just like taking a step back and like obviously like it's like cold and flu season a lot of people it's like cold right now Mm -hmm. i mean it's so sunny right now so it's like almost weird that this is happening because it's so beautiful out but I don't know, just, like, taking the extra precautions and, like, taking some time to yourself. Like, the the idea of quarantine, obviously, is really scary. But, like, taking some extra time to, like, hang out on the couch, hang out with your family. I mean, obviously, you're not going to go out and, like, see your friends. But, like, doing things that don't involve being around germs, like, going for a hike or, like, going for a walk on the beach or something. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that doesn't involve, like, being social. So, mm-hmm. like, stuff like that is still really important also. But I guess we'll get into everybody's favorite segment of the podcast, and that's what we're loving this week. So we kind of talked about this before the podcast started, so we kind of have like a joint answer for this one. So I think one thing that we're both loving this week is just cleaning products. Oh, for sure. I think that's a big thing, and... There's gas stations, like I saw on Facebook, that are charging $25 for a bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah, and obviously that's ridiculous, and people are taking advantage of the rarity of some of these Mm -hmm. items like people are going crazy buying water bottles which is ridiculous because your water supply will be fine um but yeah they're just buying tons of i get buying like toilet paper and paper towels but you also have to remember that other people need them too Mm -hmm. so don't go crazy try not to buy more than like two of everything yeah because like i said you know everyone shits Mm -hmm. everyone needs to wipe so you know everyone's gonna need it like you're not the only person yeah that's like something really important too is that like same with face masks same with gloves like healthcare professionals like it's kind of like bringing out the like every man for himself mentality Mm -hmm. but like honestly like it's easy to forget sometimes but like the united states is a community of people and like we all should like have each other's backs and just like watch out for each other yeah i don't know just like buying all the toilet paper in the world like people act like it's like a diarrhea disease no i know it's it's just I think people are kind of just, they, they're kind of freaking out and not, they don't really know what to do. And he's like, I know we're on the East Coast, so like we do get hurricanes and stuff sometimes and like bad storms. A lot of the times before that happens, or even like blizzards, like mm-hmm. nor'easters, stuff like that, 
people go to the store and they buy milk and bread and that's like the first stuff to spoil like just times like these people are going to be crazy all you can do is just try and get your hands on some things obviously like don't go crazy because i'm pretty sure like a lot of places will still be open Mm -hmm. during this time so if you need something you can probably still go out and get it and also you can like probably order stuff off of amazon yeah like food you can use food delivery like like grocery delivery services too yeah i saw in like a lot of other countries that are like ahead of us and it's like really bad that they've closed like all places except for like essential things so like i think they've left banks open Uh and grocery stores and like gas stations like stuff like that that like people are gonna need regardless are still gonna be open so just like uh, it It is scary but I know I, it's hard not to panic, but just remember, like I, like we said, you know, other people need it too, and yeah, this you, too you, shall pass. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're just appreciating that we already had some stuff in the house that we were able to get our hands on some things, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think we're just appreciative that we even have access to those because a lot of people don't. Yeah, we were so. talking about it a little bit before this episode started that like we do recognize that at some point like we have some sort of privilege because obviously it's slower around our job. We work at a coffee shop, if you guys didn't know, so we're service industry workers. But like if we lost our job like right now, like we don't have children to pay for. Yeah. We don't have like a family that we're providing for. So like obviously it's going to it would be rough and it would be a struggle, but to some extent, like, we do have privilege that we were able that, like, we already had a bulk supply of toilet paper mm-hmm. and all these other things. So, I just think it's important. But before we dive into the rest of this episode, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. But we're going to get into some lighter stuff. And I'm really excited because I love conspiracy theories myself. And I told Meg what I was doing, but we didn't really get into many of the details about mine. And so, yeah, do you want to start off? You could do this one. Sure. So Meg's going to start off, and then we're going to go one, two, one, two, one, two. Okay. Um. So my first conspiracy is involving McDonald's. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen memes on the internet or just talking with friends or family about how when you go to order ice cream or milkshakes, the workers will tell you that the machine is down. (laughs) I have experienced this. Yeah. I also have experienced no issues. Like sometimes I've ordered things and it's just, they're like, okay, here's your milkshake or here's your McFlurry. But it's really a toss up. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you're gonna get it or not. (laughs) You can't really get your hopes up too much because you can just be let down. So, I found this post on Reddit and it's from Prime M Rip 96 and this person allegedly works at McDonald's and they sort of have an explanation. Here's one theory as to why you know, you can never get the ice you can never you get what you want. This person says, and I quote, I work at McDonald's. The shake/ice cream machines have an automatic heat treat cycle that takes a couple of hours. This happens once every 24 hours every day. If a store only has one machine, then there will be times when they won't have shakes or sundaes. Once a week, the machine gets fully emptied, taken to pieces, cleaned, and then reassembled. It's a giant pain in the ass. The store I work at has two machines. On busy nights, going down to one machine is very disruptive, 
and that also causes the remaining machine to sometimes have issues, have poor ice cream flow, the ice cream is too runny, that's a result of the overuse. At a store with one machine, the result is no ice cream or shakes. The shake machine, which is the other half of the combo machine, rarely has issues and goes down with the heat, treak, or weekly clean. Obviously, some McDonald's might be working with newer or older machines, and other workers' experiences might differ at different stores or regions. Since these should be happening at the same time each night, you should be able to ask what time the heat treat cycle is for the machine and avoid coming in at those hours, and also what time or day the weekly clean is, and once again, avoid that time period. Okay, that's smart though. So I think that was kind of helpful. Am I going to do any of those things? No. Imagine like going up to the drive-thru and being like, hey, I was wondering hey, what the like, heat treat cycle I'm sh- I <sighs> just think that it's working and they, they just don't want to do it. That's honestly what I think sometimes. Yeah. Because like we used to have um, a blender at work and people would order smoothies. And like I remember a few times I just didn't want to do it because it's yeah. like a, such a hassle to clean mm-hmm. and stuff. And we'd be busy with, like, other things, like, making other drinks and whatnot. And so I would just be like, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, the blender's down. (laughs) And I just, like, wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I can just really, Mm -hmm. you know, as a service industry worker, sometimes you just don't want to. Yeah, you're not really down You're not in the mood. All the time. Yeah. So I think that is a definitely possible theory for that one. Yeah, no, honestly, I would, like, that's pretty much, yeah. All right, I'll do like a quicker one. Could you oh, just you know what I just one. thought of? What? Sorry, just to add on, maybe the company like tells them sometimes to say that they're that the ice cream machine is down, so it promotes scarcity, so that when you do get it, it's a bigger deal. And you're like, oh my god, go get it. Because like right now they're having the shamrock shakes, mm-hmm. and like. If I went to a McDonald's and ordered a shamrock shake and they were like, oh, we don't have it, I'd be like, oh, shit. I have to go to another McDonald's. Or like, I'll go back, you know, next week or something. I'd try so hard to get it and it would be, maybe I'd get a larger size because I didn't get what I wanted last time or something, you know? Interesting point. That's definitely not it, but I don't know. I just thought of it. Okay. So one conspiracy theory that I have, I'll do like a quicker one because Meg's was quick as well, but about Malaysian Airlines. So you always hear about, like, the MH Airlines going down, going missing, all of these different things. In the days after the Malaysian Airlines flight, MH370 suddenly went missing somewhere between Lumpur and Beijing. Okay. CNN posted a poll asking readers what they thought happened to the plane. In total, 9% thought that it was either very or somewhat unlikely that the plane was abducted by aliens, time travelers, (laughs) or... Quote, beings from another dimension. Oh my god. I like and you guys didn't know, there's this plane. It was a Malaysian Airlines plane, like I said. And like, it just disappeared at a plane site. Like, <laughs> planes. Plane <laughs> site. Plane site. <laughs> like, that was a good one. <laughs> nobody knew like where it went or anything. So apparently 9% of the population thinks that they were abducted by aliens. But the disappearance of the flight in March 2014 has prompted many different theories. One suggests that the plane was hidden away and reintroduced as flight MH17 that later the same year was shot down over Ukraine for political purposes. Damn. I'm like, damn. Don't go on a Malaysian airline flight, I guess. Yeah. Prolific American conspiracy theorist James H. Fetzer has placed responsibility for the disappearance with the Israeli Prime Minister. Interesting. And historian Norman Davies prompted the theory that hackers remotely took over a Boeing like autopilot which i guess is like a machine that's in those planes and it can be hacked and then it was supposedly installed on board so that he thinks that hackers remotely took it like over it 
and then piloted through aircraft to Antarctica. I was like, what? So they're oh probably they're probably just like bowling, chilling on Antarctica. Right Literally now. chilling. Yeah, in Antarctica. <laughs> and man, you did it again. Yeah. I'm really good at these puns. So my next one, I don't know if you guys know this. I honestly didn't until I did research. But there is a hidden chamber in Mount Rushmore. Wait, what? Didn't right. Know that. Okay, so you know everyone knows Mount Rushmore. You know it's that giant you know statue thing carved into the side of a mountain of the four presidents Isn't it washington in North dakota jefferson lincoln and roosevelt and yes it is in no i think it's in south dakota damn look at me i don't even know yeah. i'm pretty sure I, i'm pretty sure it's south dakota roast us on our instagram if we're wrong but anyways so everyone knows that you've learned about that in school but apparently there's a hidden chamber behind lincoln's head and so the sculptor's name was Gutzon Borglum. Okay, I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Um, created an 18-foot door behind the landmark that leads to an open room that is 74 feet long and 35 feet high. So that's like a... That's, that's pretty decent. That's what I would call a chamber. Yeah. Chamber of Secrets. It is a chamber of secrets. Borglum intended to place America's prized possessions in the room. And it was supposed to be called the Hall of Records, so he wanted it to be for, like, the Declaration of Independence and, you know, the, the U.S. Constitution mm-hmm. and stuff. And, I don't know, I guess whatever secrets they yeah. have. But it's sealed off from the public. So you can obviously go see Mount Rushmore, yeah. but you can't go into the chamber. You can't go in Lincoln's head. Yeah, so a lot of people just have a lot of different theories about it. Some people think that they're hiding incredibly secretive stuff in there like it could just be documents it could be it could be the lizard people it could be the lizard people it could be an illuminati thing it could be extraterrestrial beings i mean it's beings from another dimension and it's in one of the dakotas so like honestly how many people go there anyways yeah nate's um mom's family's from there i was like t oh i didn't know that wow okay and I don't think I've actually ever met someone from the Dakotas. Me, I don't think and, I have and just, like, Well, because we live in Connecticut, if you guys are new here, so, like... That's just very far. Yeah, we're just know. not really exposed. Yeah, so... And then also, other people believe there could be hidden treasures in the room. Okay. Which is kind of like, you know, Nick Cage, mm-hmm. National Treasure yeah. bullshit. Oh my god, wow. So, I don't know. I think it could be a mixture of those things. I honestly don't think it's empty. It, it literally cannot be empty... I think that's just, like, a cool place to store stuff. I wonder if, like, anybody, like, hides out there. Like, how big the room really is. Oh, my God. What if, like, Osama Bin Laden was in there? And that's where he was making the videos in those caves. Okay, T. (laughs) We just wanted you all to know our theory. All right. I'm going to go into my next one. I'm going to talk about Chandra Levy. So, I actually had heard about her before. In spring 2001, 24-year-old Chandra Levy decided to pursue a career in Washington, D.C., and she vanished without a trace. Her murder dominated the media as rumors swirled about her reported affair with an older married congressman. T. Her murder was unsolved for years until 2010 when an undocumented immigrant, Ingmar... Okay, also, Ingmar makes me think of Midsummer. Oh my god, that's his name, Ingmar. I've never heard that name. I know, he's like, like, this is my cousin, Ingmar. Oh my god. Ingmar Gwandike, like, came out and was like, yeah, I killed her. But then, like... (laughs) 
A fake patsy. Yeah. yeah. The case appeared closed until Guan D.K. was granted a new trial. Then before a new trial began, secret recordings from an unlikely source came to light. Like some random guy. I'm going to link the article down below so you guys can read it. Because I don't want to get too far into it because it's not really like the point. But like a random woman had like her... I don't know if it was like her husband or something. But like she secretly recorded him like confessing to killing her. Oh my god. But like... I don't think he did. Anyway, like I said, I'm going to link the article down below for you guys. But so the charges against Gwen DK were dismissed and then that altered the course of the Levy case. It's now been almost two decades since her murder and no convicted killer is behind bars. So kind of like getting more into like her life and everything. In the fall of 2000, Levy was hoping to pursue a career with the FBI and moved to D.C. to intern with the Bureau of Prisons. Literally, she, okay, girl. Okay. She had a lofty resume, also working for the governor of California and the mayor of L.A., baby. While in D.C., Levy began having an affair with California Congressman Gary Condit, a Democratic woo, representative from her hometown of Modesto, California, a married man 28 years older than her. Oh, so that's like her dad. Yeah. Oh. They met when her and a friend visited his office and he gave them a tour of the Capitol. Yeah, I'm sure led, he did give her a tour right? of the Capitol. And she led a very isolated life once they started seeing each other because she could only see him after hours. Her life became work, home, then Gary's house. This is literally scandal. <laughs> literally, I know. Her parents didn't even know Gary until after, but they knew that she had a special someone in her life. Levy had to return home to California to walk in her graduation at USC because she was like interning in D.C., and her father said the day she disappeared, she was packing at her apartment and was, quote, in her words, ready to come back home. Levy was then going to come home and decide whether to move back to D.C. to look for a job, apply to the FBI, or look into law school. Her mother said she was happy the last time they talked and was looking forward to the future. Then Tuesday, May 1st, 2001, Chandra went missing. Her family didn't suspect anything. Like, after she took off, but they said that it wasn't like her. Investigators checked her computer, and she had researched a visit to D.C.'s Rock Creek Park, but a search found nothing. Like, they searched the park, but apparently, like, the park is, like, the size of Central Park in New York City, so it's, like, big. Yeah. After searching her apartment, only two things were missing, her keys and a ring, ID cards, and cell phone were still there. After she went missing, her mom looked up her daughter's phone bill for clues, and it showed the one number Chandra called often, the the married congressman's office. I that, that's how they found out the media quickly speculated about the alleged relationship they like never said officially that he was a suspect he was interviewed on ABC and he said he was not in love with Levy and was not planning on ever leaving his wife ouch <laughs> and then damn on May 22nd 2002 a skull was found in DC's Rock Creek Park and they did like a test on it and it was ruled to be Chandra Levy and it was ruled a homicide and still nobody knows who did it it was the freaking senator I know like I I honestly think, like, it might have been, like, a hit or something, because, like... Oh, no, a thousand percent. Because, like, he, he was, like, oh, I didn't, like, I never loved her, but, like, she was coming to intern, and then she was going home, and she was, like, thinking about maybe coming back. Like, maybe he thought it was going to be, like, a quick affair and was going to be over. Yeah. But then, like, she was going to, like, drag it on. I don't know. I think, because I know this isn't necessarily real life, but I it's probably based off of Monica Lewinsky, but in the first episode of Scandal... Mm-hmm. That um, this girl has is having an affair with the president. That's so hot, though. And she she was a White House intern, just like Monica Lewinsky, and they were trying to kill her, yeah. and then she ended up dying. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. And then I, we watched Monica Lewinsky's documentary, which is honestly fantastic. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. So good. But she said at one point that she was afraid she was gonna be killed. Yeah, because they want you to shut up. 
And there's really, yeah, they can pay you hush money and stuff, but there's really no, you can sign like an NDA, whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can still go to the press. There's really nothing stopping you from leaking it except death. Yeah. (laughs) Except death. So, I mean. But that's the story of Chandra Levy. Like I said, I'm going to link because there's like, it was like an ABC News article and I was scrolling for like three minutes and it was just timeline, timeline, all this information. And I didn't want to share like the entire trial and everything. Yeah. so. So you think it was a hit? It literally has to be because like this he he wouldn't do it himself. This random undocumented immigrant who has like no ties to her at all was like, yeah, I did it. Like, <laughs> what? And it's so easy to just blame it on an undocumented immigrant. Yeah, and be like, like oh, yeah. oh yeah, it was them. Send them back to their home country. Like yeah, we don't exactly. even have to deal with it here. So the next one was explored by none other than Shane Dawson. Dun dun dun. And this one is that mattress firms, like, aren't actually mattress stores. I, I love this low-key believe this No, one. I believe it, too. Like... I don't really know if I believe, like, a lot of conspiracy theories, but this one is weird. Like, I was gonna say something, but I'll let you get into it. Um, we can... Or, I don't know, you could just Google, like, Shane Dawson mattress firm. I've done that before, mm-hmm. and it just brings that episode right up. And he goes around California, definitely, like, in L.A. County... And he goes on this one street and, like, there's literally four mattress firms all within a mile of each other or something, like, something ridiculous. And you don't need that many mattress firms. Yeah. No one's like, I need a mattress. I need it right now. So, basically, the theory is is that it's a giant money laundering scheme. And the term money laundering is actually from Al Capone, and he started laundromats mm-hmm. as um, a way to launder money. Yeah. So that's where the, the term actually came from. So it's I think it's kind of like that, uh, using a business as a front yeah. for extracurriculars. It's so funny. But this Reddit user wrote, I remember seeing four mattress firms all on each corner of an intersection once, and there's no way... That there's such a demand for mattresses. And there's Especially not. the same company. It's so weird. I mean, like, the only other company I would say that that's sort of normal is McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, not even Walmart. Yeah. Like, like yeah, Target. like, pretty much every town. No, but, like, yeah, like, yeah. most towns, like, like have like, Walmart or like Target. Duncan? Yeah, maybe. But, like, I just don't. There's no company that, like, you need. In the, the mattresses? Like, what? That's yeah. just, I'm sorry. That's weird. So Mattress bought out Sleepies in 2016. Remember Sleepies? Yeah. Was like, trust Sleepies for the rest of your life. Aww. Okay, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they acquired Sleepies in 2016. And Mattress I, I firm, didn't even know they did that. I didn't either. Mattress Firm has over 3,500 stores nationwide. And a lot of the times they're in high concentrations, like the four in the intersection. Um, and a lot of Redditors say there are too many, especially that, especially because it stocks a product that you only need to get every, like, what, seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, like if, if I buy a mattress, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good I'm for, good like, good a for decade. Like a, a good decade. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm not, probably not going to buy another one, yeah, you yeah. know? One theory posited that there are multiple stores, like, in s- such close proximity so that they can shuffle money easily in between the stores mm, makes sense and it makes it easier for like not like fake money but like i guess strange mm-hmm. accounting yeah. i don't know like obviously like fake financial statements 
um, and they're close together, you know, it's probably somewhere where, like, the land is cheap Mm -hmm. so that they can acquire multiple locations, like, in such close proximity. And they would only need to bribe, like, one council or town to do that Mm -hmm. instead of doing it in, like, multiple locations. Yeah, like I said, they could share assets between sites. And I don't think they do a real, like, a lot of business. So, like, it's... Like, how are they still open? Every time you drive past... Nobody's there! I, I have never seen a customer in a mattress firm. I've seen one person working there. Yeah. And they have, like, back rooms in them and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think it's for mattresses. I think it's for drugs. I don't know. I think it's for money. I don't know. Someone else said that they might be able to do things like get cheaper land or rent if they only have to maintain one of the sites in full working order. <laughs> so, like, for example, if none of the plumbing works on site as long as the employees can technically access the other like close by site then it's fine this is weird this is what was sketchy to me though so there's this south african retailer called steinhoff and they bought mattress firm for 3.8 billion billion with a b dollars in 2016 and it says at the time analysts were skeptical about why steinhoff had forked over so much for a business increasingly threatened by new startups such as casper so there's a lot of competitions yeah. like like lull and casper where you can just like order a mattress and it comes in like a box and you just like you gotta you shut your the house box and it just like pops right open yeah so i mean obviously if i don't have to go to a mattress store i'd so much rather just order it online yeah i don't know Anyways, so towards the end of last year, Steinhoff's stock price tanked as much as 62% in one day, wiping out $15 billion of its market value. And the company postponed publishing its full-year accounts, citing, quote, accounting irregularities, unquote, and its two top executives and chairman have resigned. Oh, my God. So, honestly, something's weird. If something's going down by 62% yeah. in one day, something's yeah. wrong. I don't know. I think it's money laundering. Money Um, mattressing. I'm going to do the crack epidemic and the government. Tea. Crack. Okay. Ew. So basically this is a conspiracy theory that the crack epidemic is ushered in by the government. I actually learned about this in my sociology class. Yep. Since its creation in 1947 under Truman, the CIA has been credited with a number of far-fetched operations. While some were proven, the infamous LSD mind control experiments of the 1950s Others, like the assassination of JFK and the crash of the savings and loans industry, have little or no merit. In 1996, the agency was accused of being a crack dealer. Like, <laughs> like the CIA as a whole. <laughs> a series of expose articles in the San Jose Mercury News by reporter Gary Webb told tales of a drug triangle during the 1980s that linked CIA officials in Central America, a San Francisco drug ring, and an LA drug dealer. Webb conducted a year-long investigation during which he discovered that a San Francisco-based drug ring, which had ties to a CIA-sponsored Nicaraguan contra group called FDN, sold cocaine to a dealer in central LA. In short, Webb accused the CIA of being complicit in getting thousands of poor African Americans addicted to crack in order to fund rebels in Central America. According to the stories, the CIA used crack cocaine sold via the LA black community to raise millions to support the agency's clandestine operations in Central America, as I just said. One of the people accused of being in the midst of the CIA cocaine conspiracy is one of the most respected, now-retired, veteran DEA agents, Bobby Neves. 
but in the weeks following the publications, the author's peers doubted the merits of the article and fellow journalists accused him of blowing a few truths up into a massive conspiracy. Webb said that the CIA lit the crack cocaine fuse, yet he later agreed in an interview that there was no hard evidence that the CIA as an institution or any of its agents employees carried out or profited from drug trafficking. Still, the story of the CIA injecting crack into ghettos had taken hold, and in response to public outcry, the CIA conducted an internal investigation of its role in the Central America drug trade, and they were cleared of complicity within the inner city crack cocaine trade. Um, I don't think that's true, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like he is kind of a, he's kind of like a whistleblower, but mm. also, like, I feel like to some extent, like, there must be some merit. So I didn't learn, like, exactly that in my class, but, like, my professor was talking about how basically the war on drugs was started by like the Reagan and Bush administrations. Mm -hmm. They think that was a way of like mass incarceration for black males. Yeah. And so I think it was Bush. No, no, no. You know what? No, it was uh, actually it was either Bush or Reagan, but they did a like a film basically exposing like DC mm -hmm. and they were trying to, like, show how easy it is to get, um, like, coke on the street. And so they actually couldn't find any, allegedly. So they had to pay someone from, like, Virginia to come mm -hmm. and give them the, like, give a representative, like, some, you know, some goods. Mm -hmm. And then they filmed it, like, in this park near the White House. And they were like, look, I bought these drugs at the White House. Uh and they created, like, all this fake stuff saying that like oh everyone's on crack everyone's on crack and like trying to get everyone against drugs mm -hmm. and so yeah that's how like a lot of the mass incarceration because historically black people are more associated with crack cocaine mm -hmm. oh, and no, for sure. that's definitely how that started mm -hmm. and so yeah i just think you can blame a lot of the mass incarceration for like non-violent drug offenders mm -hmm. on the Bush and Reagan administration. The next one is a very popular conspiracy theory, and it's that Bigfoot is real. I've always loved theories about Bigfoot. They're just so funny. Like, Megan and I were talking about this at work, but like, even theories about like the Yeti, the Loch Ness Monster. Well, the Yeti is like the same thing as, the, as Bigfoot. Well, yeah. But, so basically, if you don't know, if you don't know what Bigfoot is... Are you living under a rock? I think, I think so. Um, so he's... A hairy giant that stands somewhat between seven to nine feet tall and weighs between 600 and 900 pounds. Me. Okay, actually me describing myself. Um, and sightings have been around since the 1800s in North America. Damn. It's also, he's also been seen in Native American culture. You've definitely heard this before, Sasquatch. That's oh. also another name for Bigfoot. Oh. Um... And so that's more of a term in the Pacific Northwest and, like, Canada. So, like, Vancouver and yeah. stuff like that, like, over there. And there are Native American legends of an ape-like creature that wandered through the forest. So, T, it's not just us. <laughs> this has been happening for hundreds of years. And so there's the Bigfoot Researchers Organization, the BFRO for short. Okay, me. Um, and they basically teamed up with the Travel Channel to see where you're most likely to see Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, like he's seen in Washington State, he or she, you know, there could be multiples, who knows. God. But it's in Washington State and there are 2,032 recorded sightings 
of Bigfoot. And the most popular places to catch a glimpse of Bigfoot in Washington state include the Blue Mountains, Okanagan County, or Ape Canyon, as it's, <laughs> okay, so, as it's so aptly named. That's actually what our apartment's called, Ape Canyon. Ape Canyon, I like that one. And so in that area, the most aggressive Bigfoot encounters were recorded there. So in 1924, there's a report of a group of miners being attacked by multiple Sasquatches, <laughs> which allegedly <laughs> threw rocks at their cabin and tried to break in. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so funny. The next state you're most likely to see Bigfoot is in California, not too far behind, yeah. with 1,697 sightings. That's like a lot, though. That's not that much less than Washington State. So definitely, I think he lives on the West Coast. Yeah, we don't have to worry they, about They live on the West, West Coast. West Coast represent. Now put, put your hands up. That's what we... Bigfoot. Bigfoot's like, hey. Bigfoot's like waving his feet. <laughs> so there have been a lot of sightings in California. And in 1958, there's a documented case of a construction worker named Jerry Crew stumbling upon massive footprints in a dirt road that didn't seem humanly possible. God. So he made casts of the footprints with mm -hmm. his construction equipment and he reported it to the media so it like broke out everywhere um and then the newspapers named him bigfoot so that's how he got his name oh cool. yeah of uh, i'm a pretty little sure bit of history for you guys i've seen like actual pictures you can google pictures of mm -hmm. bigfoot's foot casts yeah it's pretty fucking big. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little, it's a little scary. Next up, we got Pennsylvania with 1,340 sightings. Oh, so he comes to the East Coast too. He yeah, travels. Yeah, he, he, he gets around. He walks. Um, Michigan with 1,131 sightings. New York with 1,068 sightings. Ohio with 1,042 sightings. Oregon with 109 sightings. I'm surprised there's not more in Oregon. Yeah. Just because of California and mm -hmm. Washington. But, and Texas with 806 sightings. Imagine him in Texas just like walking around Yeehaw! with like a cowboy hat and like huge ass cowboy boots. I mean, notice that there's none in Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, if I saw something that looked like Bigfoot, something that was seven to nine feet tall, was I would like, shit my I hands. I would pass out. Imagine just going to, like, Sleeping Giant and just seeing yeah. this huge-ass ape. Like, Ew. oh, get away from me, King Kong. <laughs> get away from me, King Kong. So, I don't know if I necessarily believe he's real. Like, no one can really say 100% if mm -hmm. he's not real, because it's also in, like, Asian culture, too. Yeah. And there have been sightings all over the world. So, I don't know if it's just kind of like an urban myth, like, a, yeah. you know, like mermaids or, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah, but I don't believe in mermaids, but like, oh, maybe Bigfoot. Bigfoot? Like, I, don't, it, I don't know. I guess like because, you know, us and primates have a common ancestor. So, like, maybe something happened evolutionarily. But I don't know how no one's ever, like, captured one or, like... I've seen, I've seen like a video of one, mm -hmm. like oh of someone supposedly capturing one on camera, okay, but me. it definitely like could be just like, like faked, anybody. but I don't know. I just think it's interesting. All right, everybody, we're going to get into my next story. I'm going to be talking about <laughs> flat earth. So oh my God. Um, I'm going to start off it from a quote from an actual person who believes the earth is flat. I do not believe in this conspiracy theory. I do not either. But... People believe it. And this is a quote from someone who actually believes in it. Quote, I have no problem with anybody that wants to believe we live on a ball. 
that's their choice and it's just not something i resonate with okay christopher columbus <laughs> literally get away from me with anyone that believes we live on a ball today there are flat earth conventions and conferences with hundreds <laughs> of people from around the world who believe the same as he does on a clear day the curve of the earth can be seen from any airplane window but hundreds of flat earthers do not think so <laughs> people everywhere are rejecting science and spreading the word that the earth is flat a YouGov survey of more than 8,000 American adults suggested last year that one in six Americans are not, quote, entirely sure that the Earth is round. Y'all, there's literally pictures. Did you, did you know that, um, so do you know the rapper B.O.B.? Yeah. <laughs> he's a flat earther. No, he's not. No, he is. No. He literally wrote that song called Airplanes. I know. <laughs> so he's obviously been in an airplane. He's obviously been in an airplane and he thinks the earth is flat. Yeah, no, it, it was like this article I was reading and it was like <clears throat> it was like um popular rapper BOB is a flat earther. Oh my god. Robbie Davidson, who founded the Dallas Flat Earth Conference, decided that the earth was flat after he quote couldn't prove its roundness. Oh my god. For Davidson, a boarding in Christian, the most logical explanation for the conspiracy of the millennium goes like this quote, let's just say that there is an adversary, there's a devil, there's a Satan. His whole job would be to try to convince the world that God doesn't exist. He's done an incredible job convincing people with the idea that we're just on a random speck in an infinite universe, unquote. Davidson believes that the flat earth, sun, and moon are contained in a Truman show-like dome and that he, and he's not alone. Like, other people think this too. He believes photos of the earth from space are photoshopped. He believes, along with his community, that space doesn't exist, that the world actually sits still, and that the moon landing is fake, which I also believe the moon landing is fake, so am I a secret flat earther? I don't know. He said the jury is out on gravity because nobody has ever seen it. What? <laughs> he literally said that. Okay, then how do you explain shit falling on the floor? I know. How do you explain us not just floating up into the atmosphere? What? That makes no <laughs> Literally, that makes no sense. He claims that you won't fall off the edge of the Earth and that the planet is a circular disk with Antarctica acting as an ice wall barrier around the edge. Wait, I'm so confused. So, so he he view so think of a frisbee. Okay. He he views the Earth as just being a flat disc, okay. and that like the that you won't fall off the edge of it oh, because like around. Antarctica yeah. is just a circle, like it, like surrounds it. Apparently, modern modern flat earthers and the flat Earth society are two different things. Then they have little in common because like modern day flat earthers are like a lot different and the flat earth society has been around for a really long time the flat earth society is a government controlled body that oh he God. believes is designed to pump out misinformation and make the flat earth cause sound far-fetched to curious minds is the claim that he made i don't really have anything to say about that so we're gonna get into the next one i am not a flat earther oh my god that makes literally no sense to me like the fact that gravity is not real he says because nobody's seen it have you felt it okay so my last one Sorry to bring this back up again, but it's the true origin of coronavirus. Dun, dun, dun. So there's one theory posited that... Oh, also just wanted to say that we don't believe any of these. Yeah, I don't, personally. Um, my boyfriend John is a microbiologist, and he would literally murder me if I believed one of these. Yeah. So, also, I just don't find, like, merit in them. Yeah. I think they're interesting, but I believe in, like, the science. Of yeah. It. Like, because a lot of scientists have done tests concluding that it has come from a natural source aka like an animal so i don't believe it was like engineered in a lab this first one um is more of like a u.s theory and it's that china manufactured coronavirus in a lab in wuhan and this is really supported by this specific senator named tim cotton who's a republican 
of course. from Arkansas. And he's talked about this on Fox News and stuff. And so there are two main versions of the rumor. Um, but they have a common thread. So that the coronavirus originated in a level four, which is the highest biosafety level lab that can mm-hmm. exist. So there's like one, two, three, four. Um, and it's a, it's, so it was created in a level four research laboratory in Wuhan. And that it was engineered by the Chinese as a bioweapon to spread around the world and just kill like masses of people. And then in the other version of the theory, um, it's that the virus is being studied in the lab after being isolated from animals and then it escaped or leaked mm-hmm. because of poor safety protocol. Yeah. So it basically got out and people think that the Chinese government is trying to like cover it all up. Mm-hmm. The Chinese have heard that and because the Americans have been very critical of the Chinese and their handling of the coronavirus, um, a lot of Chinese people are saying now that the U.S. made it and had it sent to China because basically uh, uh, the U.S. Army visited Wuhan in October Mm -hmm. and that's like kind of when it started so like the timing is right Mm -hmm. and there's not a shred of evidence to support that theory at all. The statement received an official endorsement from China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs So that's someone pretty high up saying that the Americans made it. The spokesman accused American officials of not coming clean about what they know about the disease. So they're basically talking shit saying like, oh yeah, like, you know, you have like a cure for it and stuff. Like you're the ones that made it. Mm -hmm. Like, so they're trying to direct negative publicity back to the US. And that the international spreading of an unfounded conspiracy theory which recirculated on China's controlled internet on Friday, punctuated a downward spiral in relations between the two countries that has been fueled by the basis instinct of officials on both sides. So members of our government are saying that the Chinese made it, and then the members of the Chinese government are saying that the Americans made it. Honestly, our relationship with the Chinese is not good anyways, yeah. but I think this has made it significantly worse. Not really helping. So, yeah, I don't know. There's also another theory that it's from terrorist groups. Mm -hmm. It's a bioweapon. This article was talking about how even if it's not, like, genetically made, talking about the coronavirus, it's a roadmap for future bioterrorism. And bioterrorism has been around, you know, for a long time now. I don't know. I think it's, like, basically, like, a cheap and effective way of eliminating a lot of people. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a way to, like, cover your tracks. Coronavirus has literally spread all over the world and killed thousands of people. Yeah. So it's super damaging. Yeah, like I said, it's super low cost. So terrorist groups that maybe don't have a lot of funding would probably be able to get a hold of some sort of bacteria or virus and unleash it into the world. And apparently um, a lot of countries, like, military countries like north korea tehran russia and china this article said are researching bio warfare and also like throughout the middle east as well isis and other terrorist groups have long sought effective bioweapons because it's the poor man's nuclear weapon and as they can't get mm-hmm. a hold of like nuclear weapons this is like the next best thing the most extreme terrorists have developed a military doctrine that a deadly global pandemic could kill a large portion of the world's population but most importantly, destroy the economies, governments, and technical infrastructures of the world's most advanced economies, 
and create an advantage for surviving cultures with large populations capable of living or even thriving at a primitive economic and cultural level. Which kind of makes sense, though, because the U.S. and, like, other super powerful countries like France and Germany and Mm -hmm. Italy and, you know, just major world powers are crippled. Yeah. Our stock market was completely obliterated. It plunged, the Dow plunged so much. And people aren't going to work. The healthcare system is burdened. And it's just, like, it's creating all these ripple effects. And that's basically, like, almost terrorism. Yeah. Like, that's the goal of terrorism is to just disrupt and destroy Mm -hmm. life. So, I mean, I don't personally believe, like... Yeah. Terrorist groups have the capacity to do this, but I think it's an interesting concept, and I understand, like, how it's cheap. Yeah. And then this one is just funny. Obviously, it's not true, but it just shows you how stupid people are. (laughs) So, the last theory is that coronavirus came from corona, like, the beer... (laughs) And it said in January, the alcoholic beverage from Mexico showed a surge in Google searches with the term Corona beer virus and beer virus. In the United States, Google Trends calculated that 57% of people that searched one of those terms searched for beer virus and the remaining 43 searched for Corona beer virus. States like Hawaii, New Mexico, and Kansas searched beer virus more Whereas states like South Carolina, Colorado, and Arizona search corona beer virus more. I don't even know how you could think that. Yeah. Look, I'm like, obviously there's like memes and stuff and it was like funny. but Like, like oh, it's corona time. Yeah. Like on TikTok and stuff like that. And just like, like, I saw this one video of these two guys dressed in like hazmat suits. Like going to buy corona at a grocery store and mm-hmm. like carrying it out. And they were all like bundled up in safety equipment. Yeah. And obviously that's like a joke, but I just feel bad for like the company because they're getting a lot of publicity and their sales have really dropped because mm-hmm. it's called coronavirus. And it obviously has nothing to do with the beer corona. Yeah. The last one I'm talking about, the Denver airport. Damn. I've actually been there. I've seen the horse with the creepy eyes. Since the airport's opening in 1995 as a replacement for the Stapleton airport, there have been endless rumors and conspiracy theories regarding it. There have been quite a few questions about its construction, mostly why the airport cost so much more and took much more time to build in the first place. People say underground tunnels lead to secret meeting facilities for the world's elite. The Blue Horse statue is thought to be cursed, that the airport is connected to the New World Order and the Freemasons. Some people even say it's a home to a colony of lizard people. I love that one. The airports use the theory to their advantage by using it in their own advertising campaigns, which I think is really funny. Their idea is rather than fight the craziness and try to convince everyone that nothing is really going on, why not have some fun with it? Which I think is honestly funny. The first theory is that the airport was built by the New World Order with ties to Nazism. Theory says that the airport's runways are built to resemble a swastika from above, which honestly, if you if you hadn't told me, I probably wouldn't see it. Yeah. But like looking at it, yeah. Many people question why the Stapleton was replaced because the airport was fine, but the runways weren't smartly laid out. The runways were too close together because like the runways were like too parallel that like whenever there was bad weather it was just causing accidents but the new airport runways are a problem of their own like in regards to the shape it doesn't help that the airport's education marker credits an organization called the new world airport commission for building it t it seems like coincidence but it was discovered that the organization doesn't actually exist according to the airport's website people also have noticed strange markings on buildings which are believed to be connected with the new world order 
In reality, many like quote mysterious building markings are actually references to the Navajo language or periodic table of elements. Others believe the giant blue horse out front is a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The blue Mustang, also known as Blucifer, <laughs> it's a 32-foot fiberglass sculpture by artist Luis Jimenez. You see it when you're, like, coming and going. Yeah. It's actually inspired by the sculpture Mestaño at the University of Oklahoma, but sinister events surrounding the sculpture have fueled conspiracy theories for years. People point to the glowing red eyes on the horse as a nod to the four horsemen. The artist said the red color was in honor of the wild spirit of the American West. The, the artist actually died two years before the piece was completed when a piece of the statue fell on him and severed an artery in his leg. <laughs> Like, ah. That's not funny, but, like, when uh, people say your work kills you. Literally. Others believe the airport contains the Illuminati headquarters. This theory stems from a time capsule buried on the property, which bears symbols from the Freemasons, which are linked to the Illuminati. One of the reasons this theory has stood strong is due to how the airport was more expensive than initially projected. Conspiracy theorists believe the Illuminati gave them the money that they needed to finish the project in exchange for using the real estate. According to the airport's website, the first few buildings on the property weren't built properly, but instead of demolishing them, they buried like they buried them and built more buildings on top of them, giving them like underground tunnels. Oh. Theorists also believe that the airport tunnels have bunkers. Yes, there are underground tunnels in the airport, including a train that runs between concourses and a defunct automated baggage system. But some have theorized the tunnels also contain underground bunkers, possibly built by lizard people or aliens that will serve as a safe place for the world elite during the apocalypse. Sorry. When people just say lizard people, I, no. I can't. Finally, the artwork provides clues about the end of the world. There are a lot of weird pieces of art throughout the DIA as part of the airport's public art collection. Some of these eerie artworks include murals by Leo Tenguma, which some believe have alleged Nazi imagery in them as proof that the murals are about world peace in a healthy environment. They do look really creepy. You have to look them up. No, I've seen well, yeah. a lot of... I, I got stuck there. I was trying to go to California. My plane basically... Was stuck on the runway for three hours, so I missed my connecting flight. I was stuck in the Denver airport for probably, like, 18 hours. Mm -hmm. So I walked around. I got so lost. Yeah. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god, it's so big. But yeah, there's a lot of, like, weird art. The horse was super weird, because I remember my uncle lives in Denver, and I couldn't get on a flight until, like, 6 a.m., but I didn't want to sleep at the airport. So he picked me up and brought me back to his house. And he, I remember we were talking about the horse and he was saying how a lot of like people talk about it mm -hmm. in Colorado and how a lot of people think it's the Illuminati. Yeah. But yeah, others are fixated on the random gargoyle statues that seem to watch over the airport. However, they've been used for centuries to ward off evil spirits and protect buildings. So definitely interesting. I feel like they're pretty good at covering their tracks. Yeah. So honestly, the Denver airport is pretty scary. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We hope, like, I mean, I hope, I can't really speak for you, but I hope that we got your mind off some of the, I don't know, the stuff going on in the world today. It's pretty scary. Yeah, but you know what? It's going to get better at yeah. some point. Not right now. But it but will. Just hang out in your house, watch some movies, TV, yep. hang out, and just stay healthy, y'all. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Wash your hands, stay safe, and we will talk to you in the next episode. Love you, mean it. Epstein didn't kill himself. Love you, mean it.